This is part three of the Cafe American podcast, an extra, extra long Cafe American podcast. This evening, I'm your host, Chris Michaels. We were talking about giants and how the terrain in Arizona and across America and the world has been influenced by ancient cultures that a lot of modern-day anthropologists and archaeologists refuse to acknowledge. Um, I wanted to, I, I made mention a couple of times of the Bible saying that there were giants in uh, the days of Noah. However, there is something else. Uh, and some of you may have heard it. If you're listening to me, you probably have heard it before. It's the book of Enoch or E-N-O-C-H, Enoch, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't fucking matter just as long as you know how to get the information. They talk about uh, how the fallen angels come down to earth and teach man the sciences. So in, uh, let's see, in the book of Enoch, uh, L, I don't know my Roman numerals that well, LXV. So I'm assuming that is chapter 65. Uh, they talk about, uh, let's see, and a command has gone forth from the presence of the Lord concerning those who dwell on earth that their ruin is accomplished because they have learned all the secrets of the angels, meaning the angels have come down, the giants have come down to earth and have taught mankind this supposed perfect being that was created in the likeness of God, the Lord himself. And they have been tainted and the angels have taught man all of the secrets. And it goes on to quote, all the violence of the Satans and all their powers, the most secret ones, and all the powers of those who practice sorcery and the power of witchcraft and the power of those who make molten images for the whole of earth. This is very, very interesting. This is an interesting line because it says the first important thing is that these fallen angels who are supposed to be the holy ones in God's image, right? Or the, the, not in God's image. Man is in God's image, but these these angels, they're the ones that are enforcing God's rule. They come down, they teach mankind, God's creations. We're saying God's in quotes here. Um, and they teach them about sorcery and witchcraft. But the interesting word here is Satan's, S-A-T-A-N-S, plural, more than one. So it isn't just Satan. Satan is a class of beings, a Satans. So not only do we have fallen angels, we also have Satans that are aligned with fallen angels that have taught mankind how to create different things, where the hard sciences come from, how mankind got to where it, did, it got to where it is. Uh, so they learn about science. They learn about mathematics. And if we go further along in the book of Enoch, and this is all taking place before the actual flood uh, occurs, the flood of Noah. This is amazing stuff. They tell you about which angels helped mankind create which things and how and when, where math comes from, where science comes from, where biology comes from. It's all there. So God eventually gets very, very mad and says, look, I created mankind to be nothing more than something, some item that allows us to kick back and relax. But you guys come in here and you guys mess up the whole thing. So we have to, we have to just tank the whole process here. 
And that's where you get the floods from. And they have flood mythology. Flood references are from across the planet. There's evidence of a flood from all over the world. You can look at ancient cities that are submerged right off of Alexandria in Egypt. And by the way, by the way, the, the pyramids, the Sphinx, Egyptian mythology, e the word Egyptian and Egypt should be in quotes because what you're looking at isn't ancient Egyptian uh, structures and ancient Egyptian mythology. What you're looking at is Atlantean artifacts. And that in the re if you factor that in, if you say, okay, so it, Egypt is not really Egyptian, it's Atlantean, and you're looking at remnants of Atlantis, because Atlantis was a civilization. It just wasn't some island in the middle of nowhere. It was across the globe. So if you consider Egypt to be Atlantean, then, ooh, then we get into interesting, <coughs> excuse me, then we get into interesting things here, because then we can sort of, not sort of, we can clearly take all of the articles from the 1890s that talk about how American settlers have been finding ancient Egyptian artifacts all across the Grand Canyon and in San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was either San Diego, San Francisco, or L.A. When they first moved over there, they found caverns beneath the cities where they found mountains of gold. I, I forgot what city it is. I'll have to do some research. But it all makes sense. They all look Egyptian. So Egypt and Egyptian mythology, Egyptian sculpture, Egyptian, all of that, it's not Egyptian. It's Atlantean. That's why there are so many mystic circles that are so fascinated with Egyptian culture. The Freemasons, the Rosicrucians, the Knights Templar, they realize that. They understand this isn't just Egyptian. This is Atlantean. This is where the human species began. This is where it all came from. So I'll tell you another story that could potentially relate to giants, uh, and this can dovetail with Michael Tellinger's theories. Um, I was walking in uh, on a trail just outside of Phoenix, and you can go there, and uh, you know you can do the. It's a used mostly for bike trails, uh, but. Really, overall, you know, you can you can walk those trails too, and I like I said, there are mounds of boulders that fit perfectly together, and this one trail does have all of these mounds in it. So this is a unique opportunity where you can actually approach and explore these boulders. Uh, usually, you find these boulders on the side of the road, and you can't really get to them because they're on the side of a highway with no shoulder and no exit because you're in the middle of a fucking desert and you can't go anywhere. Yeah, I'm over it. So I walked off the path and I walked towards this mound of boulders and they all fit perfectly together. They're, they're in boulders 15 feet tall, 20 feet tall. And I decided to climb up on them. And I climbed up on one particular enormous boulder. And there was a perfect line of smaller boulders on top of this bigger boulder. And this bigger boulder was probably... Uh, I'd say 15, 20 feet tall. And the, the smaller boulders are about four foot by three foot long. And, you know, it, they're annoying. You can't pick them up, but you definitely, you know, they're there. They line up perfectly and they point to a mountain. And if you turn around, they point to another mountain. They're in perfect alignment. So I thought that was unique. And I got down, I looked at the mound, and I decided to take a photograph of this. 
And I didn't think anything of it. I decided, hey, whatever, it's a picture. I'll put it up and whatever. Have fun. When I looked at the picture, because it's, it's, it's interesting. When you take a photograph and then you look at it afterwards, you see all sorts of details that you normally don't see. And sure as shit, in this photograph is an, a weathered face. Another boulder, another boulder, probably 15 feet tall, has an eroded face. Now, I don't know how long ago this, uh, this face must have been carved in order for the weathering to be that significant. I mean, it's there. You can see the face, but it is weathered. It, is, it has been there for a very, very long time. Uh, so I brought this up to Michael Tellinger. Michael Tellinger said, this is fantastic stuff. There is definitely something going on here. You are onto something in this area. So, uh, it's, it's significant. So that just proves that there was a civilization here long ago that not many, uh, archaeologists and anthropologists are willing to acknowledge because it would screw them over when it comes to funding and it completely derails everything that they've worked for their whole lives. No matter what you hear about scientists and professors, they are still human. So they don't want their little worlds to crumble. Uh, and I said before I'd go into Michael Tellinger very briefly. Michael Tellinger, uh, you can look him up online. He does some unique presentations, but essentially he lives in South Africa. He found these enormous stone structures, and they are in themselves enormous. They're about 12 feet tall. If you look at them from Google Maps, they seem to be just bumps on the ground. But if you were to stand next to them, and unearth them because it looks as though they've been covered in mud and it's been overgrown for thousands of years. Um, if you uncover them, these are 12 foot tall walls and they are all across South Africa and up the eastern coast of Africa for thousands of miles. And then, well, it, you know, in the 1900s, there's a German guy. He came down there and said, yeah, this is very good. And so what these are, I'm not sure if I'm doing a Dutch or a German accent, uh, but what these are is these are cattle pens so they, the, or slave pens. So they used to put cattle in here. And so the problem with this, and I'll stop the poor impression, the problem with this is that there are no entrances to these massive structures. So what did they do? Did they lower the cows into them? No, of course not. Michael Tellinger, and successfully in my opinion, argues that these structures are really energy devices, massive energy devices that have been created from natural materials, meaning stones. And they kind of look like the, the items that you, not the items, but the, uh, the devices you find in your microwave. And he took some electromagnetic devices that would measure the various electromagnetics and he discovered that there is a massive amount of electricity going through these structures. And what were they there for? They're almost there to do what? To mine gold. To mine gold. He talks about how people that work for mining companies find ancient mining uh, caverns and ancient mining uh, or mines, not mining anything, mines. He finds ancient mines. 
And these companies tell their workers, hey, cover it up, forget about it, keep moving. Don't analyze it. You'll upset everybody. You will rock the boat. So they're discovering these things all the time, these ancient mines that have been there for 60,000 years. This goes completely against anything an anthropologist or an archaeologist would ever, ever admit to you. This is significant stuff. And this goes to prove that there was a global civilization across the planet Earth. And this global civilization was in touch with everything. And I'll leave you with this because my voice is giving out. Uh, the ancient myth of Osiris, if you want to look it up. Uh, it, Osiris hat shares a lot of the same names and adjectives as Jesus Christ. He was the shepherd. He was this. He was that. He, you know, he had a flock and everything else. So Jesus Christ, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, and and Osiris, they kind of share the same thing. However, Osiris was chopped up into itty bitty bit, bit, bits and strewn across the landscape. And Isis, oddly enough. Isis finds all of the pieces except for what? Except for his penis, the tip of his penis, the phallus. So now you suddenly understand why the, the, um, the, the, you have items like the Washington Monument erected. Now you understand why they have... Uh, the the pylons, ancient Egyptian pylons, erected, because it's all in dedication to this missing piece, the missing piece which is the phallus, the penis. Well, let me tell you something. If you take a map, you know one of those maps that show the Earth, where North America is on the left and and Europe is on the right, and then you got Asia and China, whatever else. Do me a favor. If the, uh, if the equator is going from left to right on a flat plane, turn that map 90 degrees, and then I want you to look at Africa. And I want you to consider where I, what I just said about gold mining in South Africa. You just found Osiris's penis, the golden tip. The golden tip is South Africa. The myth of Osiris isn't about an actual being, but the myth of Osiris is about a planetary being, about a planetary myth, about a galactic myth. Earth is the missing piece to Osiris. Osiris was scattered to the stars. The planets, there are various planets that coincide and correlate to the various body parts of Osiris, the myth of Osiris, the god of Osiris. Earth is the missing piece. Which is why Earth, on a metaphysical level, is such an important piece of the process. And also, you now find out why gold is so important. And why gold has been propagated throughout mythology. And if you talk about ancient cultures in South America and Central America, when the conquistadors came over, they said, Oh my God, you have all of this gold. Who does this gold belong to? And all of the ancients said, Well, the gold belongs to the gods. It's not ours, it's the gods. So, what I'm saying is, to sum up, mankind is very, very unique. Mankind is not some sort of random conglomeration of cells that evolution just 
happened to have formed. Mankind was engineered from the beginning as a slave species for more enlightened, in quotes, and more uh, technologically uh, savvy beings from another planet to perform what? Slave work. Think about your job. You wake up, you do a nine to five, you come back, you're spent. You don't do anything that's passionate. Very few people do things in their lives that they love, that they can make money from, that they are passionate about. You are engineered to be a slave. But the thing that many people are starting to realize, it doesn't work anymore. The factories don't work. The nine to fives don't work. The cubicles don't work because there is a shift going on. There's a massive shift going on. There is a pole shift that is going on, like I said with the penguins. This pole shift is not only shifting the energy and how it's flowing across the planet Earth, but it's also influencing how the human reacts to its environment. The human is part of that electromagnetic field. And the human is going to go under to undergo different stages of development. So the bigger thing here is gold is very important, but it's not important to the human. Gold is important to these beings that have come down millennia ago to try and mine it. And you see evidence of that across the planet. It's time to wake up. It's time to realize that mankind is not meant to be doing nine to five jobs. And mankind is not meant to work and die. Mankind does have the spark of God, in quotes. I don't say the biblical God. I'm saying the Lord, the gods of mythology. We're made in God's image, right? It's not the God of the Bible. It's the creator's image. We are the spark. We can create. We are creator beings. But we've been limited. And we've been brought up to believe that we work, we're a random conglomeration of cells, and then we die. There's much more to it. And there's evidence of it. If we're allowed to realize that there was an ancient civilization that is way beyond 10,000 years old, that is hundreds of thousands of years old, and a mankind is part of a galactic culture going through its own evolutionary uh, trials and tribulations, and we're also part of a struggle and a shift that is going on throughout the universe, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, mankind realizes what it's here to do, and that is to foster a peaceful transition to a higher elevation and a higher vibration that allows us to truly get back to a golden age. We're a lot more significant than you think. We're a lot older than you think. You just have to be able to access those memories. And that's it for me. We have completely gone off the rails. It's not about politics this time. It's all about mythology, uh, archaeoastronomy. I didn't get into that. That's fun stuff. Archaeoastronomy is how the constellations and the zodiac relate to uh, various structures, ancient sites on Earth, and also the Bible. Interesting stuff. I didn't get into that, but uh, maybe next time you can listen to Jordan Maxwell if you really want to do that. A cantankerous old man, but he's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, you can uh, go to my blog, uh, vocal.media, and you can find me on there at Chris Michaels. This is it. This is the third part. I have done this for 16, 32. Uh, what's 32 and 16? It'll be 42, 48 plus another. I had done this for almost a solid hour. 
and we talked about so many things. I, this is what I'm passionate about. I'm going to get the bastards to give me money to start doing this. So go to my blog, vocal.media. Find me at Chris Michaels. Go to iTunes. You can find me over there at Cafe Americaine. You can find me on Stitcher. You can find me on Podbean. It's all Cafe Americaine. And next time, we're going to get into politics, the nitty-gritty, and why the Mueller probe has been going on and on and on. They're trying to drag it out until the next election to get another October surprise for the 2020 election. That's it for me, Chris Michaels. You have been listening to the Cafe Americaine podcast.